This episode of the Post Capital is brought to you by Rose City Chud Repellent Hot Sauce, a spicy smooth blend of habanero, garlic, ginger, and grapefruit. Sure to put three arrows straight through your taste buds. So this fall, fuck around and find out with Rose City Chud Repellent. This is your host, Miguel, allegedly. Allegedly. And this is Michael, coming to you live from a dark room somewhere in Portland, Oregon. Wonderful. And I'm coming to you from a dark room somewhere in Minneapolis, Minnesota for the moment. I'm just taking a little vacation out here, if you will. It's a nice place. But, obviously, we got a lot to talk about in the Pacific Northwest, which is what I would call home. Right, Michael? Yep. A lot of news stories out there. A lot of weird shit going on. A lot of weird shit. A lot of weird shit. A lot of grifting, if you will. You could say that there are some nefarious folks out here trying to make money off of those who are, uh, I don't know, gullible. You know, I've been thinking a lot about the fact that uh, Oregon and Washington seem to have a lot of gullible fools, particularly anti-vaxxers. You know, compared to other states, we have pretty high rates out there. And it's, uh, it's pretty wild to me. Because we know, I've been reading this great book, it's called Bring the War Home, White Power Movement and Paramilitary America. I think uh, definitely recommended for the people. But one thing it definitely talks about is the fact that so many white power activists move to our section of the states, you know, uh, in, in search for a white homeland, if you will, because it was, and it still is a pretty white place. But, you know, as a part of that, a lot of grifting going on. Uh, we got, you know, we got some stories for you, as always. As always, uh, Portland, right? Let's talk about Portland for a second. It's uh, kind of the forefront for all of this. You want to talk about that, Michael? Yeah, I mean, you said it best. They've been trying to make the Pacific Northwest a white pride ethno state for quite a long time. I mean, Matt Shea himself was saying that he would make Washington an entire state of uh, its own country with uh, a very flag similar to the American flag, uh, but instead of the stars, it has an AR-15. <clears throat> you should look it up. It's kind of <laughs> crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, we still have sundown laws. There's a lot of white supremacy that happens up here. But when it comes to grifting, you have, you know, these racists, these these alt-rights, these uh, Andy No types, so to say that are out here spreading rumors, spreading lies, misinformation, especially when it comes to COVID. And they're asking for money. And they're trying to line their pockets with as much misinformation as possible. And people buy into it left and right. I mean, look at uh, Ivermectin, the horse paste. It's old news by now, but I mean, my God, how much money were they making on all this shit? That's a very good question, and that's uh, definitely something that is a big problem, specifically out in Washington. You know, um, I don't know how Oregon's faring right now, but I do know that Washington State, and the reason you know I'm out here in Minneapolis, but uh, I am somebody who is uh, who calls Washington their home base, Seattle, Olympia, these places. Uh, so with that, you know, I'm watching the COVID rates out there, and watching as there's so many grifters that are just very much trying to spread this misinformation and then get money from the fact that they're being censored for such misinformation. Um, it's, it's a bit concerning because there are, it, you know, there's a, it's death, but the question is, and I guess we'll analyze this throughout, but is there a profit's incentive to letting so many people die? Uh, you know, maybe there is to ivermectin, but... Yeah, I mean, we keep using the term grifting, and it, it, the term's been around a lot longer. I mean, the act of it's been around, around a lot longer than the current term. I mean, it's just swindling. It's a con man. It's just like making a buck or two off the most gullible people that you can. I mean, this goes back as, as far as, you know, history's been around. I mean, if you look at religion, they <laughs> you had tithing, which is, you know, giving, was that 10% of your annual income? to the church and you know the catholics had penance where you could literally pay to have your sins washed away by the catholic church um 
it just it, it's one of those things it, it it's been going on forever and now we're kind of getting into this bit of a uh, political grifting there's always been um you know political dinners where it's black tie and twenty five thousand dollars a plate and yeah you're giving somebody uh, finance money but this is different this is a uh, new territory and it's actually at its most concerning now you know we have a global pandemic that's affecting so many people we have just kind of the the end stages of capitalism where there's mass homelessness and the more they can convince people with a griff the more they can get inaction on their part i don't know i think about this especially uh, grifting grifting is the most concerning to me well for a moment like let's just ask ourselves what is a grift like how would we define it from these ancient times obviously there were soothsayers Karl marx says religion is the opium of the masses so what what is a grift to you? Oh man, anybody that can get me to spend money on something that one, I absolutely do not need, two, causes harms to others, or is just straight up a lie. Um, you know, you have so Andy now, I, I this guy is just gonna be our fucking punching bag probably for the entirety of this podcast, but it's a great example. He runs, you know, what is that? Not to give them any free advertising, but the post millennial. And you sent me that post today and it's just them straight up asking for money. Like, oh, help us, you know, keep the left at bay. We're the only thing standing between you and a fool like civil war. These leftists want to eat your babies. It's insane. And and people will give them money. I mean, now I won't say that that doesn't happen on the left. You do have people occasionally being like, I ain't making rent this month. I need money. But not on the scale that you see it come out of these modern day snake oil salesman yeah absolutely and you know one thing i think about with the griff myself it's the same it's the thing with the post-millennial right and just the entire concept of cancel culture there are so many people that when they're being held accountable for some acts that they're doing or they're seeing some of their revenue decrease because they're spreading lies and misinformation and just idiocy, uh, you know, and they'll very much make it into a battle of us versus them. It's kind of a, it's a very fascist tool, you know, uh, creating an enemy that doesn't exist. And to them, it's 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 just uh, being, I guess, held accountable. And you know, the way most people talk about it is, uh, it's just society recognizing that you're lying out your ass, so you probably shouldn't be rewarded for it. Which, you know, in terms of the post-millennial, I'll just say that, that that thing I sent Michael earlier, it's pretty hilarious. You try to log into the post-millennial any day now, or not a log in, but just view the site, it automatically sends you this, this pop-up that says that, uh, yeah, they're being attacked by the leftist mob, and, and it's uh, affecting their revenue stream. And if anything, well, we know who's really waging this war, right, Michael? It's these wannabe keyboard cowboys, the people that wear the armbands that say digital warrior. They are the 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 Cretans, the underlings, the the uh the pawns in this very dumb game. And I mean, even when you were you're talking about cancel culture over here, and it's it it should be more more so called accountability culture when when people are being asked to be held accountable for what they're doing nobody wants to step up they want to they want to scream oh i'm being canceled and step back i mean it's all it's all part of the game the the cycle goes you know you agitate you become a provocateur you upset people or troll people or trigger the libs and that riles people up you get attacked whether it be physically or which has happened on plenty of occasions, either you get attacked physically or you get attacked online, you lose your job. And then all of a sudden you're online begging all these people on your side. Look at how horrible these people are. Look what they did to me. It can happen to you. This could be you. You need to give me money so I can make sure it doesn't happen to you the way it did me. And it's honestly, it's a case of, you know, if you're not going to running your mouth and talking shit, you're, you're going to get swatted back at with all that. The incentive there, though, is to make money. I mean, we've had uh, quite a few cases with that where people do see being attacked as a, as a great way to make money. And it, it, it keeps happening over and over again. It absolutely does. And I think that, uh, 
you know, we have to look at some of these. You know, there's a lot of QAnon congressmen now. Not a lot, but a few. A lot of people that uh, just today it was reported in the news that the commission for January 6th has discovered that, you know, this is uh, shocking that uh, organizers for January 6th communicated heavily with some members of Congress. And I guess a lot of these people rode to power and continue just making money off their books and their podcasts and all this shit uh, based off of their, uh, you know, people opposing their views. It's kind of uh, understanding and, and they think it's like being attacked where they were able to make a name off of yeah owning the lips trick trick uh, wow triggering the lips like which you know fuck the lips but still uh yeah and that's uh it's concerning because that is something where i would say that the whole concept of grifting is is getting concerning because it's starting to i guess dominate a lot of american politics you know as we're seeing with andy no as we're seeing with other people and Andy No on a national scale is concerning because his grift, you know, most it, it's hilarious because if you even look at Andy No's page on Wikipedia, look up Andy No, NGO. You know, we talked about him last time. He is very much a punking punching bag of this show. He's a goddamn punk. Uh but this uh, this liar, if you will, has a whole portion of Wikipedia and an entire page dedicated to the amount of times that he's deleted his tweets after he makes a completely untrue claim. Which, for Wikipedia to be reporting that, that's a pretty much a, a, a accepted cultural thing. So his grift is still getting people to, to look at it as that he's being attacked for having these conservative anti-Antifa views or uh, <clears throat> fascist views. Right. But of course, he's making money. And that is that's what's so concerning. And I mean, that is that is the most concerning part is that he's making money off of this. It's not that he's out there being a liar. It's the fact that, you know, uh, fucking 45 Trump retweeted him. You know, you have him on Fox News. You have him on Tucker Carlson. These are, are people that have an infinite amount of viewership and this goes out i mean he is practically a household name i mean he went from getting milkshaked constantly in 2016 and 17 and all the way to being on fox news and yeah that that plays into it. he's like oh i got a brain injury it was a concrete milkshake they attacked me it we, i could dissect that whole story for hours and that's the most dangerous part is that his audience is just eating all of this up it's not even just the money it's it's the fact that people who won't or can't discern for themselves take everything he says at face value in fact he was given a bit of validity by senators ted cruz josh Hawley, because they called him in for a senate commission about antifa and its radical x that they decided to call together i think it was 2020 or 2019 might have been 2019 but <laughs> you know there's so many people that have covered that and just just absolutely shocked that senators would give him such validity for being somebody who is so untrusted just by regular journalists you know even people on the right criticize him for it, there's a lot of people that you know his he has two specific grifts or, or dead giveaway giveaways for a grift i believe there's uh the fact that he is absolutely close with all of these people who who he pretends to report on um you know bipartisanly whatever it decides to try to pretend to be an unbiased journalist and yet at the same time he's very close to certain hate groups that he will get video of them getting into a confrontation and painted in their way and you know one can't help but wonder if he's getting rewarded for that i i look at the fact that he just went to poland and of course you know the woman he decides to meet up with polish american brotherhood helped throw together that little summer of love event by the proud boys in which they flipped over a van in portland on the 22nd of august you know it was down there allegedly and uh yeah man came into downtown there was a shooting so He's very much like close to these people where he's obviously misrepresenting for the sake of some kind of viewership, some kind of support from a lot of people. It's it's not great, obviously. And I think the other thing that just nobody talks about is uh, it's weird how he's such a grifter and a liar. And he has a fake British accent. 
God, the fake British accent fucking kills me every time. The the time he was on, I I I, I want to say I'm probably wrong on this. It was either Sky News or the BBC, and he's holding that fucking tiny little teacup in the saucer, <laughs> and it's completely empty. And he takes a sip from it. He fucking sips at it, and there's nothing in there. And then somebody edited edited out that little clip and put a little in it and it ah god that was all the humor i needed for at least a week or two oh that's that's pretty great (laughs) that and uh yeah him lifting his pinky that's what i find so funny about the fact that he went to congress and testified before (laughs) them and he used a fake british accent and nobody just sitting there was like sitting congressman or woman you know uh, nobody sitting there is like, hey, this is uh, pretty weird. Like, Didn't you grow up in Portland, Oregon? Now, for those listening that may be familiar with this weird phenomenon, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side, side, sidebar this a little bit here. Uh, with this weird phenomenon with Andy Now's um, fake accent, there's some people on the right that will say, oh, you know, when Antifa bashed him in like 2018 or something like that for whatever fucking reason uh he developed a brain injury and this is probably the result of that i can guarantee you it is not (laughs) he uh there are recordings earlier of that of him using a fake british accent and it's not like he has a lisp or a speech impediment or it's an ableist sort of thing he it's it's so painfully fake and everybody just nobody nobody batted an eye and none of his supporters batted an eye at it and they were just like yep that's normal that's just how he is now and it's it's just one more thing that he puts on himself and is armor to be like oh well if you're making fun of me it's because of this you know like i I think he came out recently um I, i remember he had the pride flag he was talking about being a bi individual in portland and was you know pretty much saying like oh if you're hating on me you're queer bashing and it's it goes into that whole conversation we could have about how i can hate somebody for who they are not what they are and they don't seem to get that this is uh it plays into the grift again it's anything that he can use anything anybody can use to garner sympathy and and get you to give them your livelihood, whether it's viewership and clicks and advertising or straight up just giving them money or in, you know, letting them infect your brain with their rubbish. It's all part of it. And, you know, it's hilarious because the post millennial and that's Andy knows little website that he built with Katie Davis court, another grifter from Seattle, all these people that pretend they're attacked because they say things that are socially unacceptable. I mean, that's pretty much it. Like that's what happened to Andy. No, he decided to, Join the side of hate groups in Portland and make activists and anti-fascists who defend their community. He tried to paint them as the monsters. And, you know, people in his community had a little bit of an issue with that. They talked to him about it with a milkshake, you know. And that's the thing, I guess, with Andy No is it's it's finally good to see him start to face some accountability. What does that look like? This is exactly the reason that it's so hilarious he has this message right on his post-millennial website uh, urging you to give him money because he's being attacked by a leftist mob. And he says, a leftist mob, as if he knows these specific characters. Well, we kind of do. Uh, Chad Loader, who you know we talked about in last week's episode about well, him him doing a pretty good job. Do you remember that uh, the Facebook fallout we had, Michael? Oh, God, yeah. And I mean... <laughs> Six whole hours there. The saga between Chad Loader and Andy No is uh, it's one for the record books at this point. I mean, you got Andy No pulling bullshit DMCA, um, pretty much saying like, oh, you posted a picture of me. You can't use that. And under DMCA laws, I own that. You were misrepresenting my property. He says this shit, gets this dude's account banned. And, and Chad Loader is a phenomenal reporter. Um, they are just doing, they're doing some of the best work in, in anti-fash reporting and in, in just journalism in general. They are out there receiving the death threats, receiving people showing up to their house on Andy No's volition. 
after he doxed Chad Loader. I mean, they're just they're gonna duke it out like this forever. And I think as of a few days of this recording, Chad Loader has had restraining orders filed against people, and I believe there was even talks of a defamation lawsuit. That would be historic. You know, that could really help to hold Andy No accountable. What I'd say is I'm pretty proud of Chad for the fact that they're going so well after the advertisers on the post-millennial site. And that's kind of, you know, ending the grift a little bit, if you will. Yeah, I mean, you have there there has to be a way to combat all this. And deplatforming and demonetizing is the biggest one. Um I was reading today uh what's his fucking ass face? Uh Steven Crowder. Uh louder with Crowder. That guy <laughs> he did such stunts as um putting on women's workout gear and dressing as a woman and presenting as a female and going into a gym in Los Angeles and acting like just an ass throwing weights around being a jerk. And he got treated very nicely and was asked very politely a bunch of times not to do certain things. And after he broke the rules a bunch, he was then escorted out by security and he does these weird publicity stunts like this just to show what I don't know. But YouTube as to, as of today is trying to make his channel 16 and over, which I did not know that YouTube had uh, age restrictions so specific. Um, and he was complaining and his exact words in a tweet are, if this goes through, I will lose half of my viewership. And that kind of says it right there. <laughs> like, a lot of this right-wing troll bullshit, it's got to be kids. Like, a good portion of it. Absolutely. It's just them being edgy, you know, trying to take on viewpoints that people aren't that accepting of. I don't know. It's definitely a cultural thing. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of great literature that talks about this. There's a book called Antisocial. It just talks about, like, the right-wing presence online of, of trolls and, and grifters and things like that and specifically you know just analyzes who these people are what i'd say is the most concerning is that they got a goddamn president elected because i mean if we look at if we look at donald trump's presidency that was built off of right-wing grifters pushing him getting into power over and one could very much say that that's just kind of how republicanism operates now you know um well, particularly with the fact that I, I'd say that, uh, you know, grifting and particularly Andy knows grifting obviously serves right wing interests. And a lot of these organizations of people that are grifters uh, look at Turning Point USA. I'd say PragerU is another prime example. They're bankrolled by you know, corporate elites and the Koch brothers and shit like that. And that's kind of, it, it's bad because the grift isn't even just in the sake of like this one person. It obviously serves the status quo. Well, that's also like what's, what also like baffles me about a lot of the grifting is that when it does come from such extreme far right positions, I don't think a lot of these people promoting the grift even believe in this shit. I mean, look at Alex, jo Alex Jones or Rush Limbaugh, may he rest in piss. Like, there's there's just no... <laughs> there, there's no... Rest in piss, Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, rest in piss, dude. Rest in <laughs> piss. Same with the other Coke brother. Yeah. This is the weirdest looking gender neut neutral bathroom I've ever seen. It's his gravestone. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, jokes aside, these people were doing this long before Andy No. And it just wasn't really called the same thing, nor was it, I would say, as aggressive or in your face or edgy. I mean, no comes at you with it. Just even the way his, his wording is like the, the way he he tweets. It's not, you know, there was a protest in Portland last night. It's 20 Antifa rioters set garbage bins on fire. It, it, it's it's uh, it's it's very loaded and he, his platform eats it up. And it's, it's weird. He also has a, an interesting mix of like racial violence, but it's always <laughs> minority race towards white people or Asian people. It's, it's never what it usually is. He reports is on the fewest, like low end marginalized standards he can find on those. His crowd eats it up. It's a way of them trying to establish equality and say, well, look at this. 
that's racist too, with no understanding of the philosophy behind racism or what they're talking about. And again, it all plays into the grift. It's all one big money maker, you know. Um, with Andy No being deplatformed by Chad Loader, yeah, of course he's going to have to start asking for all this money. He's going to have to start begging people. And if we can keep this up, if we can keep advertisers from siding with him and posting on his site, and hopefully people won't give him enough money, maybe he might actually defund or have to move platforms. It's it's honestly the only really good way we have to get rid of these kind of people is to hit them in the wallet. I agree, you know, because that's and at this point, that's kind of the only option we have with Andy. No, you know, I, I don't understand how in the world Jack Dorsey has not banned him from Twitter. And what you know, another little interesting bit about the saga between Andy No and Chad Loader is that once Chad Loader got their account reinstalled after Andy No decided to uh, file a DMCA or DCMA violation, uh, he he basically. You know, it was the day that Facebook shut down for a whole six hours. Chad noticed that the name Facebook.com was actually up for sale as uh, temporarily as a mistake. And uh, it was retweeted by Jack Dorsey, the creator of Twitter, who said, oh, how much, you know, as a joke. And Chad Loader immediately changed their Twitter handle or their Twitter name to Jack Dorsey lets Nazis target my family, you know, uh, which is important. Oh, that's so amazing, Ray. I mean, Jen. <laughs> I mean, we talk a lot about free speech and what it means and what you can and can't say. And everybody forgets Twitter's not a free speech platform. It has a terms and service. It has a TOS, a term and service agreement. That's like where we was complaining. Oh, they kicked Trump off. They could do it to anybody. Yeah. If you aren't spouting nonsensical racist bullshit constantly. You know, and the best way that I, I love to tell people, they're like, I could say anything I want. And I'm like, you absolutely can. You are protected by the first amendment. You scream it all day. Doesn't protect you from me and how I feel. And, and that's where you start getting the breakdown of philosophy in the words that are being executed in these people's grifts. Yeah. I mean, the first amendment only protects you from the government dictating what, what you're allowed to say and not a private corporation, you know, which is to me, that's kind of something we talked about last week um, in discussing the profit incentive to hate. Why? So my question is, why the hell isn't Andy no banned off of Twitter? Is there uh, is there a chance that Jack Dorsey kind of enjoys the fact that he's grifting on his platform? Who fucking knows? I mean, does does Dorsey, is he even visible? I, I mean, it, it just depends. Honestly, you have to think these big corporate types They'll, they'll let people run themselves into the ground rather before they get involved with it. It, it comes down to ones and zeros. It's a binary situation for them. Um, I, I mean, there's so many other people who get deplatformed. You know, I, you look at all these weird, like all the crypto fash stuff, like uh, the GDL in Texas, the, the I don't even like saying it, the, the Goyam Defense League and like all their propaganda. Yeah, it's really bad. Um they, they were seen posting stuff on, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and streaming. Uh, I, I think it was on Twitch even. Um, like five to ten of them in a van driving around Austin, Texas, yelling anti-Semitic rhetoric at random people, hanging banners that say absolute garbage, and literally Sieg Halling off of an overpass at passing cars with these messages nothing i did see the photo of them on the bridge i didn't know that that was the the background to the good the goyim defense like jesus that's uh yeah and they're they're literally like they, they get swat stickers and shit all on their clothing and in their insignias it's it's disgusting and sadly first amendment go for it i see that shit it's a, it's a different story you know exactly yeah you know, it's like we talk about First Amendment protects you from government interference. But if you woke up to me wearing a swastika, we're we're gonna we're gonna have a very short conversation, and it's gonna go one of a few ways. You know, uh huh, uh huh. You know, tell me about this guy wearing a MAGA hat. I mean, what's his deal? So this was a good story um, from 2019, back in August, and 
I have to say, I don't know what it is about Nazism, Nazis, the alt-right, and the month of August. Right? What the... Right? That's... <laughs> they went off in L.A. and Portland, and you know, leading up to September 4th in Olympia, I mean, this was the uh, white boy summer, if you will. It's absolute insanity. In 2017, that's August 12th, you have Charlottesville. Um, in 2019, you had the Cider Riot riot, which was, I think, August 17th. I might be completely wrong on that one. The one might have happened on May Day. I know Andy now was at one of them. They just kept happening. It was that whole thing. Um, and then days later, towards the end of August, you have this issue with um, at a bar in southeast Portland. This big dude walks in wearing a fucking MAGA hat, you know, and I'll tell you, I was there with some friends. Um, we were out for uh, a few drinks as we do. It's, it's Southeast Portland and everybody's mostly service industry. Well, this guy comes in wearing a MAGA hat and he's a, he's a big fucking dude. So he made a lot of people uncomfortable that night. Nobody really approached him. There was, in some of the articles, he did claim that you know people might have thrown some things at him or that they were calling him names or child schoolyard bullshit. I personally didn't witness any of that. I was outside for the good part of it, being a uh, filthy smoker as I am. But something happened along that way where I believe the bartender told him either take off the hat or you can leave. Of course, you know, the the free speech, my this, that's my right to do this, that, the other. And she said, absolutely. But you're making my clientele uncomfortable. They don't like it. You, you just, you can't do that. This goes on. There's a back and forth. Eventually, after a screaming match ensues, they get him to leave. He's not just there alone, though. He's there with his wife. So this was earlier in the night. I believe it was on a Saturday. I can't recall exactly. I remember sometime around Monday morning hearing that early Sunday morning or late Saturday night, sometime after this incident at this bar in Southeast, this motherfucker went to another bar down the road and decided to pull the same rhetoric. And this time, somebody did something. Somebody attacked him. They punched him in the face a few times, it looked like. Yeah, and it was it was written up in a, in a weird way. He said that he and his wife were out having a nice casual, you know, date night out and got some drinks, and uh, they were getting ready to go home, and they were swarmed by a mob of Antifa. They used the word mob. He said it was like 10 to 15 of them. They came out of nowhere. They jumped me. They, they held my wife back, and they, they beat me in the face. When in reality... There is uh, security footage showing him walking out of a bar a few blocks down the road from the first one he was trying to mess with people at less than an hour later. And he leans over to a, a what appears to be a BIPOC femme and points at his hat. You could see him say something. And then she gets up and just starts pummeling this guy and then so does this other boy it was these two guys i mean there was a bit of a shoving match before the pummeling started but they, he got beat on by two people when it came out what was said was apparently he leaned over and said hey bitch how do you like my hat while pointing to his head he wasn't getting the response nobody wanted to fight him i remember hearing people screaming at him at the Vern. Nobody wants to fight you. Nobody's looking to fight you. Please leave. Well, he got the fight he was looking for, and it was eaten up for about, I would say, less than the 24-hour news cycle because videos came out immediately of him trying to start shit at that previous bar. Well, his wife went on record and said, well, I wanted him to wear the hat. I wanted him to see how people in Portland would treat them. You know, treat him for wearing the hat. So it comes out that they both live in Milwaukee. Some people would say that that's a suburb of, of, of Portland, but it's honestly, it's its own little town. 
inherently there's nothing wrong with it. It's not necessarily full of racists or anything. It's a, a working town with working people. And it's actually, it's, it's kind of a cute little area. It's got its own little downtown and bistros and its own flavor. Like any other smaller town located next to a big city would have. Um, but they said that where they're from, it's fully acceptable. I don't think they're from anywhere different. I think they're from here just as much as I am. The fact that they crossed a, a borderline maybe two miles away to come into a different neighborhood really speaks volumes about the polarization that you experience in Portland. Them wanting to see what would happen, they knew it would happen. They wanted a fight. They went looking for it. They got it. And what ultimately their goal was money, recognition, a platform to speak on and say that this is what we believe. You need to believe it. It happened to me. It could happen to you. That's absolutely not what happened. Not only did that guy claim false valor during the argument, screaming that we were a bunch of draft dodgers and that he uh, had served the country, which was absolutely false. He said, Wait, what draft is he talking about? I think the last draft was Vietnam, right? The draft was ended in 1973. He, yeah, this is where we're at with this this person. And it, it honestly, it just goes to show how they think. And uh, far aside from the other things that I won't say that he said, none of this played well, not even with his own people. Once the stolen valor issues came out, oh, there is your platform right there. And he was like, well, you know, my, my, my father served and so did my uncle. I didn't get a chance to. Cool, bro. Stolen valor. The videos come out. Well, his wife takes a stand. They use their full names in all of the reportings. Immediately, job loss and moving. I, I think they, they were out of town within a month or so because they got hate from both sides. Everybody realized what it was. It was a very poorly executed, failed grift. Oh, that's poorly, poorly executed. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like they got what they deserved. And that's kind of an issue that, you know, we see too with uh, one prime example that I think of kind of like that is when Jake Beard, oh God, Jake, behind enemy lines. Fucking emu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is an autocorrect and a half right there. I, I love that, that, that kid. I, that's a, I'm sorry, it's another fucking shit bag I can go on for a while about, and it. I, oh. I just can't. He yeah, tries. He tries. He tries. He tries. You know, I think about the fact that he came into Olympia the day after Nate Cisneros, a Proud Boy, and uh, other members of the Capital City Proud Boys, who are very violent. We've seen from September Fourth, right? Also Proud Boys. Uh, when they got kicked out of a bar, McCoy's Tavern, and the next day. After having shot the, the bartender with a BB gun in the stomach and macing him, and he went on to perform a show. It's a whole, there's a whole thing. Coolest, one of the coolest people ever. But this person, assaulted by them, went over to Hannah's the next day, bar and grill downtown, goes and tells them about what happened the night before, shows them a photo, the video that I took, and said, hey, don't let these fuckers in. Jake Beard accompanies these goons. To go into the store and try to try to get kicked out. This is something that right wingers do regularly. They try to be like, "Oh, we're not accepted here." And what's hilarious, you know, what's hilarious is all of us who lived in Olympia when this whole thing happened and they were kicked out, we were like, "What?" Like Hannah's Bar and Grill of all places to kick out a right winger? <laughs> that is the place the MAGA hat wearers go, but. Apparently not anymore. And Jake Beard was crying the whole time out in front of the store, being like, oh, you guys don't let Patriots in anymore. So, you know, it's that, that's my, that's what I want to know. Why is one of the key signs of a grift from a right winger being whether or not I can enter this establishment wearing said item? You know, it almost makes you think it, 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 it's a grift of some sort. Well, I mean, they do the same shit, whether it's the hat or the mask. You know, I mean, honestly, these are the people that are setting the country back, making it a fucking shit for everybody. It's it's beyond frustrating at this point. The the grift is, it's not even going full circle. It's it's like doing loop-de-doos and getting longer and bigger and more elaborate. And 
I mean, there's currently even a situation going on in in leftist circles that I will say I am not educated enough to to talk about it, and I won't even bring up the people that are involved with it. But the 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 basic rundown of it was that somebody decided to pretend to be a racist and a MAGA person for a year or so and has a bunch of recordings and is saying that they're not going to put anything out. They're going to do a book or podcast deals or whatever. If you know this story, you probably know more about it than I do. I'm still reading on it. There's a lot to digest in that. Could it be a grift? I don't know. And it's one of those things that we have to wait and see. It could be an elaborate reverse grift where this person is playing a, a triple agent. Not to besmirch their good name or their good standing as is, but with everything that's been given, the possibility is still at play. And that fear of the unknown in which way these things go also, I, I think, would play into a lot of this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I know which converse or which uh, thing you're referencing, but I think it's a conversation for the future as we as we see what divulges out of this out of this person, because I am very, very curious. You know, it seems like it could either be a godsend or by the fact and I didn't I didn't know the fact that they were specifying that this is something they're going to save for a book or a podcast. That just sounds like a grift, you know? <laughs> It, it does. And I honestly, I would love to sit and dig into this. This is something that in my free time, I've, I've been trying to map out the the, the timeline of uh, events. And it only gets weirder the more I look at it. Definitely. You know, and I've definitely seen a lot of analysis from other people on Twitter to say like, hey, so, you know, a lot of these events that this person says they infiltrated are things that were covered by the mainstream media. So, no, even then, we're not even sure as to what they're presenting. But yeah, yeah, we'll see that develop, you know. And with uh, with the right wing, and particularly the grifters, I, I think often about the fact. Uh, well, you know, let's talk about this being like such such a uh, an act, and particularly with the fact there's a lot of Twitter threads these days and articles, I guess, uh, pointing out the fact that there's a lot of the activists out in LA specifically, like the anti-vaxxers, if we want to talk about them, I feel like they present the most dangerous grift right now, you know, because it obviously affects people's actual fucking lives, whether they can live. There's a lot of these anti-vaxxers in LA. Uh, I forget her name, Shriva, the one who got into it with Vishal P. Singh. Uh, but, there's a lot of them that have IMDB profiles or exists on local talent searches. And there's just a lot of speculation as to whether or not these people are being bankrolled by corporations, by the rich, by right-wingers, because that is the thing where, you know, most <laughs> it's like uh, the fact that Republicans haven't won the popular vote since 2004 and they still somehow have representation as presidents, right? The majority, the ideas that Republicans try to present aren't popular, so they're they're grifting, they're astroturfing to try to present these ideas. And it's honestly like I have looked into that whole situation as well, and I will say that I have a few friends in Los Angeles. Everybody has an IMDb page. It's crazy. You can like not saying it's easy to get back uh, background work or anything, but I've had a few friends like do commercial work or be extras and stuff because it's, you know, a few bucks here and there. Um, I, it's, it's Los Angeles. I, I will give the benefit of the doubt there saying that people are being bankrolled into this. I mean, that's an argument that's been slung by both sides as much as I hate that term forever. I mean, you had the anti-Semitic rhetoric coming out of the right saying that George Soros was bankrolling everybody. Uh, on the left, and that the the whole uh, BLM and Antifa and anarchist and and uh, all of the the social justice movement of last year was all being bankrolled by one person. We were all being paid to be out there, allegedly. Oh my god, I wish we would have had that check, man. I was fucking starving last year. God, yeah, it was it. Everybody says that, so it's it's you know, if it turned out that you know maybe there is a quote unquote protest company a, a renta protester 
the only place I could ever see that working, you're right, would be Los Angeles. I still find it a little far-fetched. I think that maybe um, a good way for exposure, because now there's no such thing as bad exposure, apparently, and to get your acting career is to be like, oh, yeah, here's my headshots, here's my acting reel, and uh, here's me being arrested for being a complete and utter asshat in public. Pretty cool, right? I'm acting the entire time. It, it's it's a whole thing. That's that's kind of how I see it. It's it's dangerous. It sucks if uh, people got their fucking shit together, and I don't know, cared about other people. We wouldn't <laughs> we wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah, welcome to America, buddy. And that's what we deal with, you know. That's kind of the problem. I have a friend out here who's an immigrant as well. We talk often about the fact that you know he he travels all over the world, has seen a lot of different cultures, and we're the most selfish fucking people on this planet. I mean, that's kind of just a stereotype around the world, and it's uh, you know not that inaccurate, sadly. <laughs> you know, I'd say that uh, it just kind of relates to the founding of this country. This is what our podcast is kind of built around, right? We're the post capital, post capitalist analysis of news, of history, whatever we want to talk about, you know. And one thing to think about, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I, I, I would definitely, I would definitely say that. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, we're kind of petering out a little bit here on grifting. We could honestly, this, this thing could run on for another three or four hours if we wanted to go into individual cases. Oh, yeah. I, I would just say the biggest issue, the biggest issue that we have with grifting, we'll continue talking about this. I think over, it's an important thing for people to think about, you know, how do we combat it? I like what Chad Loader's doing to actually demonetize Andy knows Griff, for example, but how do we combat it? Otherwise, it's a hard thing to weigh out. Cause what I'd say is that it's a, uh, this country is the biggest grift of all time. Yeah, this country. I, I was just gonna say that. I was like, America started as a grift. Yeah. It was like, that's oh, why we, it's so you know, like. <laughs> God, it, yeah. it, it it's American nature. That that's why it's so pervasive and such a problem these days. You know, is because that's just kind of what we've been built on. The founding fathers grifted people into believing they were they were uh, intelligent. I mean, they wore wigs and. The, the idea that they stood for any form of liberty but holy shit they had people in chains like ah <laughs> yeah it's 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 fucked up and i i mean honestly the only way to really dismantle the, the grift in itself is to to research it if it's something that's fake if it's snake oil if if you can sniff the grift report it and tell people get it out there as much as possible and be like hey look you guys are throwing away your money that's not the worst part you're also platforming something that shouldn't be platformed like this and and i think that's the biggest part is is holding holding account holding grifters accountable that's that's the biggest defense that you have right there yeah that's kind of what we got to work on because it is i i'd say that we're kind of at a bad point in this country i mean we all know this and we always have been but Particularly in the last year, one would have thought, maybe I'm just uh, going on a little diatribe here, but I guess one would have thought that by now a lot of these extreme right-wing groups and these extreme right-wing ideas, there's just a lot of people that told themselves once Trump was gone, it was going to disappear. But the problem is that there's a grift to it. The problem is that people can monetize off of just continuing this cycle. Like It's it's the big lie. It's the, the idea that Donald Trump lost the election Therefore, he can capitalize off that because people give him sympathy and be like, and they they trust his lies. It's gotten worse. All the liberals were, <laughs> I know a few. They they were like, oh, you know, Biden's in office. It's going to get better. No, it's not. It it got worse. So we're kind of meandering a little bit in this episode, and we here at the Post Capital. We like to keep things a little loose. Um, nothing's really scripted at this point, except for a few disheveled notes you might hear me or Miguel running around through uh, when we're talking. Um, so at this point in the podcast, you know, it's probably a good time to just say, let's call it. Let's call it. For sure. Yeah, this is a great conversation. You know, we're going to continue as we as we continue moving through this podcast. We really like to present and talk about, you know, the right wing toolbox, like what specific tools are the right wingers using in order to grift and 
undemocratized society? You know, it's a very real question, and particularly since we're living in the after effects of the Trump administration. Um, I'd say that the right wing nationalism and right wing talking points are obviously still on the rise. In fact, I'd say it's gotten a little bit worse. You know, um, it's gotten a little bit worse for sure. A lot more violence from the right wing. Yeah, it's definitely gotten a lot worse. It's um, I believe the term I like to use is materializing. It, it was a lot of online hate speech and trolling. Now it's people Absolutely. in the streets with guns. Yeah, and that's that's what's so concerning. So as we prepare to continue this podcast, we do want to let you know next week we'll start breaking into this right wing toolbox. I want to tell you a bit about the different tools that they use, like I said, to grift your mind, to try to convince you that the reason everybody hates you is not because uh, you're like presenting terrible ideas that haven't worked for society and you're being a Nazi. No, it's because you are being persecuted. You're you're People are being replaced. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lot of crybaby bullshit. You know, I, I definitely want to delve into uh, a bit of the crypto fascism and its roots in online hate forums before, uh, you know, or during next week's episode. I think that'd be uh, a good part, a good spot to pick up. We'll definitely start there. Crypto fascism. I'm actually very excited to learn about this because, you know, I know the terminology or the, the term used, but, you know. This is a, a realm of that little branch of fascism I got to dive a little bit into for next week. Awesome. Well, this has been fun, uh, informative, and uh, I don't know. We're definitely still finding our way. I, I think we're I think we're doing okay with this. If anybody wants to give us feedback, I don't know how they would do that necessarily. Just yell out an open window. Who knows? I'm pretty sure Miguel could post something <laughs> with this. But yeah, we're we're winging this and we're going to keep stabbing at it. So hopefully, uh, hopefully anybody who's listening to this, if there is anybody, hopefully you've, uh, you've enjoyed it. If you enjoyed this episode of the post capital, be sure to support our ad sponsors like Broker's American Blended Whiskey. Broker's, because the clown makeup doesn't have to be perfect.